Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the MSC Performance Podcast. This is Season 6, Episode 1. My name's Mark Coulson. I'm delighted to be joined by General Manager, Head Coach and MSC OG Luke Rogers. And at the other end of the scale, um, not that he's not a legend, but uh, in terms of uh, how long he's been with us, is uh, our new Head Coach, Yura. Welcome, Yura. How are you? Oh, very good, thank you. Very good, thank you. Welcome to the podcast. And... Uh, how does it feel to be amongst two whole dinosaurs that have been here since since day one? Obviously, your first. You've been with us a year, um, doing you know bits and pieces like helping us out where you can alongside other other full time commitments, and now on board full full time. Huh? How does it feel? Time. It feels amazing, honestly. Yeah, um, as you may know, for over six years, I've been wanting to work in this beautiful place. So um, it feels incredible to actually get to this point where I'm here full time so yeah it worked it worked out perfectly for you really didn't it because you started off as like you applied for the weekend i know you'd applied to work here before you applied for the weekend job and then literally a year later now you've got the full-time gig it's all worked out perfect yeah exactly how are you luke as well i'm i'm okay i've been under the weather (laughs) i thought i was built differently but it turns out i'm not built differently and i've been floored by the common (laughs) cold uh, for two days, so I'm trying not to blame age. I'm trying to say it's a very bad virus, but uh, I'm getting better. But yeah, two days of feeling a bit rough. Evidently, from the voice, you can still hear it a little bit, but we move. Do you remember like, if this was two years ago and you'd had a bit of a cold, we would have been panicking so much. Isn't it strange now? And we're just like, oh, it's a cold. I yeah. got a bit of a cold, mate. Just go home. Like, we're sound. Yeah. The world changes quick. Who's going to go on a COVID rant then? No, no, no. no, no, no. Um, so, Yura, let's uh, yeah start start us off with um, when you first found out about MSC and obviously being a member before. And talk us through the sort of timeline of your journey from when you first set foot in this, as you called it, a beautiful establishment, um, to the present day. Talk us through talk us through that journey. So. Back in 2015, uh, I moved to Birmingham for university, and I think it was towards the end of my first year, so it was 2016, like I think April time, uh, when we had some kind of um, education outside of uni, so we were outside in the park doing stuff, and we were just walking past uh, MSC in Clement Street, and uh, one of my friends and me stopped off and tried to obviously go in for a chat, see what it's all about. And I think about a month later, I was a member here. Um, and then training those few months just before summer in 2016 really kind of opened my eyes towards like the different paths you can take within fitness training in general. Um, and yeah. Uh, At that point, were you were you interested in like strength and conditioning? What was the what was the studies in, and what where did you see yourself at that point going, and did it change? <laughs> I think obviously at that point I was slightly leaning more towards um, kind of your hypertrophy work, bodybuilding type of training and stuff like that, um, just because I didn't know any better. <laughs> um, but I was studying uh, sports science at UCB here, so um, it was always in the plans obviously to build up on that, but um, coming into this gym, stepping, stepping foot into this gym really opened my eyes about the different paths, as I said, you can take within that. So um, I started doing a lot of strength training. I don't know if you remember it, but it was your guidance that I got initially. Um, I love that story when you said that because I, I, you know, we've worked with so many people. He's like, oh, when yeah, you, you taught me to deadlift, yeah, and I was yeah, like, that's yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And you helped me make my first programs as well for strength and conditioning. So yeah, um, 
hit my PBs within two months of training here, I think. And from that point, I knew one day I wanted to be a full-time staff member in this gym. And luckily, uh, this year that happened. So yeah, uh, it's been, what, seven, seven years nearly since I first stepped foot into this gym. Um, but seven years later, I'm, I'm a part of the staff, so I'm very happy about that. You haven't aged a day, Yuri. You haven't aged a day in that time. <laughs> you got a little bit. I swear you got taller. Yeah, I wish. <laughs> uh, what happened in between the time um, when you finished your your degree mm-hmm. um, before start starting here? Talk, talk to us about that sort of journey. So yeah, so I finished my degree back in 2019, I believe. Um, started working in uh, the Club and Spa, which was a gym on the bottom of the cube before. It's closed down now after COVID. Um, but it was your gen pop gym uh, with the pool area. In there I was doing part-time, so I had to still do part-time bartending because um, it was really hard to get a full-time job in the industry back then. Um, but from that point uh, forward, I moved to Nuffield Health recently, well, recently, just over a year ago, uh, where I was working uh, as I applied for a job here as well. Um, but yeah, it's mainly been the club and spa and Nuffield Health where I worked before. I was doing a bit of PTing, a bit of sales there as well. Um, so great experience, but... Um... So yeah, so as I said, um, I was working in both sales and as a PT uh, in my previous gyms. In the meantime, I was able to work with a few athletes, uh, some, some runners, some water polo players, some basketball players back home as well during COVID. So gathered up quite a bit of experience in that period. And yeah, now I I'm also think it's really good that you've got that background working in um, like commercial gyms because a lot of people post about it now where like a lot of people are just going straight in and working with elite athletes. Mm-hmm. And it's super easy to coach or like, you know, to, learning to get general populations that have never moved properly or never done a barbell lift to try and get them to learn how to do a squat how to do a deadlift are really good skills to have and a lot of people really lack that hands-on coaching now they might know a lot about the programming side of things and other stuff but they really lack the actual coaching abilities of coaching hands-on yeah and if you can coach Brenda who's a 55 year old woman who's never done a squat in her life but has got a little bit of back pain and wants to learn to move properly if you can get her to do a squat you can get your basketball players you can get your anyone so pretty much I everyone, think it's a really yeah. good skill to have. I, I agree with that so much I think it's a great place to start like when we get you know CVs through and you know I think a lot of people a lot of up-and-coming coaches are worried that they might have like a, a health club or a commercial gym on their on their CV whereas actually I think we quite we quite like a bit of that like that they've worked in that environment with with general pop with people who maybe aren't as um, into their training as like you know people who join here we do obviously have beginners but you know generally speaking it's people who are like you know a bit into the into the gym um, and yeah you're absolutely right like you, you know, think of your top few athletes and I think think of mine you know even you know 11 12 year olds a trainer who are like just gifted athletes like this you know there's obviously a lot of thought and S&C behind it in terms of their programming and structuring their training in the right way but in terms of like teaching them to hinge or teaching them to squat it's just so easy like you just teach them in, in five seconds but as you say the old Brenda or you know someone along those lines uh, Brenda's not a real person by the way well, I actually used to up. coach a, a, a 70 year old woman called Brenda oh, so really? I think that's <laughs> what okay. probably um, in this context let's say it's yeah. a fictional character um, and uh, yeah that's like a real that could be a real challenge like teaching like say that 55 year old who's never like squatted before to do a squat if you can do that like 
you know you uh, you can pick up some serious skills from that. The other skills are varies. Like a lot of the times when you're working with athletes, it's like they're so dedicated to the sport mm-hmm. and they just do all of the things really well. But then there's the skill of trying to convince people that don't want to train, and, you know, trying to keep them motivated to train, trying to make sure that they're doing everything outside of the gym that matches what their goals are. Obviously, not everyone wants to be the best in the world, but if you want to lose weight or if you want to gain some muscle mass, doing the stuff outside of the gym as well is going to really add up. Mm-hmm. And I think like working with general populations that aren't on average going to be as dedicated uh, or at least a lot of the times aren't going to be as dedicated as your high level athletes having the abilities to be able to motivate people to do those things is another big skill as well just the coaching qualities that you get from it I think is huge 100% couldn't agree more what have you what have you noticed are the differences between working in a health club and obviously it's early days but like working somewhere like this or in fact let's say not just from a work perspective not just from a coaching perspective but just in terms of a let's say environment perspective put yourself like you know in a, in a third person like, app, like overseeing you know bird's eye view of the you know of MSC bird's eye view of a, of a health club health club um, what, what, are, what are the main differences that you see well one of the first ones I can definitely outline straight away is um, the amount of care that people take here compared to other gyms in terms of putting away their weights you know um it's just that kind of mutual respect that you find in MSC a little bit more than in your general population gyms. Um, that's one thing. Uh, then another one definitely is like self-discipline and self-motivation. Um, obviously everyone has a starting point and it is very hard to start for some people more than for others. But um, I found that in MSC a lot of people have that initial motivation. They want to be here, they want to make a change. Uh, whereas in your gen pop gyms, it's more of a, it's harder to find that initial motivation, individual motivation, better to say. Um, so you have to be the person that kind of carries people and helps them find their motivation. So that would be definitely the first thing that you can notice. Um, but yeah, as I said, like mutual respect in between members and staff to clean up after themselves and these kind of things and uh, I always because one of my favorite things actually is uh, obviously the powerlifting stuff like they're in this particular order um, and if like someone comes in who's like a gen like just a, on a day pass and doesn't know still puts the weights away but in the wrong order I watch people that don't work here put them back into the right order mm-hmm. and I love it it did yeah. work for us yeah yeah, yeah <laughs> I love it and yeah. they're like because they care so much about it and they respect it as well like you've just said and they'll, they'll put the weights back in order exactly it's a huge thing it. for us I mean you know I brought it up on uh, our little weekly uh, weekly meeting is you know obviously we're developing as a as, as a gym we're putting in new services new systems behind the scenes to make things smoother make the member experience better um but we sort of came back to you know i gave, gave the guys a shout out because you know the gym's been looking immaculate you know recently and it always looks like you know pretty much immaculate but um you know just a, just a real emphasis of just praising the guys for a tidy gym putting, putting the kids the away standards. it's a simple yeah. it's a simple things and you know people are coming in and you know they're, they're paying for coaching they're paying for classes they're paying for the expertise that we we can bring to the table but a big thing that i think they're actually paying for is the fact that dumbbells are put away they're in the right order yeah. plates are in a certain place bars are kept clean you know you watch the powerlifters are the you know i mean all our members are fantastic for real powerlifters are the best where powerlifters just abuse you know, the chalk like that's yeah, the difference they abuse yeah. the, the chalk but they do brush down the bars good, straight yeah. after they're brushing the bars True. down they're putting the bars back in the right place and there's a real like you said you talked about mutual respect and there's a mutual respect for the members to us that hang on a minute this isn't a mickey mouse gym this is a 
you know these guys, these guys are coaches. Yeah. You know, we got, got too much respect for, you know, for, for yourself. We got too much respect for Luke, for Max, for Kitty, for myself. Where they know our job isn't running around putting weights away. They're, they're you know, they're they're happy to look after that themselves, and they're paying for the equipment, for the expertise, etc. And I think that's, um, you know, to give ourselves a pat on the back. You know, myself and Luke, like since day one, I think that's something we've really. It, like from day one that's one thing that we were you know shit hot on was well we've, we've kicked out a couple of members for not doing we it we kicked out um, yeah, a couple of guys yeah back in the back in the day who just didn't get the they just didn't get it they just didn't get it and mm-hmm. we just like we just nipped that early doors and it's automated now the system's there it's automated new members who come in you know they see everyone else doing it and you're not going to be that prick who's exactly. not putting their weights away like you're going to you're going to follow you know the status quo there you're not gonna if everyone's just leaving dumbbells out you go down to you know your, your average commercial gym and there's, there's just you know there's it's, a mess, in, yeah. it's a mess everywhere and you're going in there you think well what's the point of me putting my weights away and then that you know the next member joins the next member joins the next member joins it's a knock on effect whereas you come in here you're going to stand out like a sore thumb if you're the guy who's not putting his stuff away and not keeping the gym not not you know sticking to the etiquette of, of the gym and that's no, nobody wants to be the odd one out. So even if you're coming in without that background of working in a, you know, training in an S and C gym, it's all a bit new to you before you've been at a different gym and just left all your stuff out. The chances are you're not going to do that here because nobody wants to be that sort of odd one out. Yeah, couldn't agree more. That's the reason why a lot of the bar, like some of the bars are like eight years old, man. Like we've been open eight years, so, and like the the none of them are bent none of them are like trash like they're all still like pretty much as new yeah um, dumbbells the, yeah 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 you know. because people look after it Just do you find that with the commercial because what, what I found when I worked there is like you've got a few people that are like super dedicated mm-hmm. that are like you know the top 1% they're turning up to the sessions they love it they're pushing themselves hard but a lot of people almost are doing it because they feel like they have to versus feeling like they want to rather than hear people a bit more like rather than just doing it for general health, which I think is important, but like they're doing it for another goal. They've got like other things they're trying to achieve, not just I have to go to the gym a couple of times a week for my health. Yeah, no, I do agree with that. And this is one of one of the things that you can definitely see in between um, MSC and other gyms as well. It's lovely meeting people like this that are actually motivated in your gen pop gyms, but you don't stumble upon a lot of those people, unfortunately. So as you said, yeah, Sometimes it feels like these people have more of an obligation to com- come in rather than wanting to come in to better themselves. So, yeah. I mean, one, of the, one of the one of the main reasons, like why you know we achieve so like such good results, is you know people who come here. We've said since day one we take on people of all ability levels, like complete beginners to you know elite athletes. That, that's not an issue for us, any any sort of ability level. But people do sort of have a bit more self-accountability here I think where like you know they are paying a, a higher price point than they would at a commercial gym and you know that sort of helps them be a little bit more committed they want to take their training on to the next level they're coming to us because of the expertise that we can offer that will improve them and like you say it's you know not necessarily people are just turning up because it's around the corner from work and they have they feel obliged to like have a workout it's like you know no matter what the um, no matter what the level they're at they want to get better they want to go from beginner to intermediate they want to go from advanced to elite um so again going back to like talking about the differences in the coaching um i think that's yeah that's a that's a a major point and we know to get results you know client, you know clients have to meet the coaches halfway really they need to turn up you know we can we can show them the way and we can 
you know, look after them once they're here, but they've got to show up. They've got to, you know, they've got to take into the advice and do the things that, you know, we're asking them to do outside the gym as well in terms of the step counts, in terms of the nutrition. Um, so, yeah. What, uh, what does your kind of training look like yourself outside of, like, coaching? What's your main... Well, at the moment, as you may know, it hasn't been the most amazing one due to certain reasons, but um, lately what I've been doing was uh, push-pull legs split twice a week, just going through the movements. The first three in the week would be slightly heavier, and then the, the second three sessions would be slightly lighter ones, but um, as I said, at the moment I wasn't really training too much because of my back. Uh, it's been giving me some problems lately again, but... Hopefully, uh, our colleague Max can sort it out <laughs> sometime soon if he has any time. Um, but yeah, I'll, I will be training today, actually, in fact, if anyone wants to come in and join me. Fantastic. Um, is like, what's the like training goal? Do you just like to feel athletic, trying to gain some muscle size? At the moment, I think it's wor- working through the injury, uh, putting on a bit of weight because I have lost quite a bit of weight over the last year or so. So this isn't the final form of Juicy, this oh, is no. just the beginning. Oh, you have seen nothing. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> you have seen nothing. Okay. Yeah, yeah, no. Uh, I'm on about 70 kg now. Usual average is 80, so I'm a, a good 10 under. But uh, my top weight was about 91. So that's when I was in my prime, when I was playing rugby. Thick boy. Which, 70 kilos? Yeah. How tall are you? One, centimeters. Fucking hell. Yeah. Got no, uh, got no, got no uh, skeleton. Seventy. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, wow. Um, as I said, the goals for the mo- for the time being will be getting back into it, getting strong, feeling good in the movements, and then hopefully transitioning back into either rugby or MMA. Nothing too professional or anything, but just you know. For, uh, for you, want to, you want to uphold, you want to uphold your amateur status just in case the Olympics. Pretty yeah. much, yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> also, there's a good chance I can make it to the Croatian rugby team potentially because it's a lower level. So. Oh wow. So yeah, that's one. That's one of the goals. But let's see how the how the injury goes. So <laughs> we'll see. We'll see how it treats me. Is that like your main interest in sport outside of the gym, like rugby, MMA? Uh, rugby, basketball MMA, basketball, yeah. Uh, as in playing-wise, it would be definitely rugby and basketball. Uh, basketball a bit more recreational than rugby, but um, I haven't touched any of those in over two years now. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. But we're having some nice weather coming soon, so hopefully I can start doing a bit of work outside the gym as well. Nice. We'll see how it goes. How did you get exposed to rugby in uh, Croatia? Because obviously it's the sport's growing, but obviously mm-hmm. you guys are unbelievable at football. You know, uh, strong, very strong at basketball. Yep. Um, rugby, not so much. I did go to when I went to split. I went to split rugby club, and yeah. I was really impressed actually with the facility. With the facility, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, funny story, well, actually. I get a loan. <laughs> trying to get a loan. <laughs> Uh, funny story, actually. I've never played rugby before I moved to UK in 2015. Okay, so it was coming over here that sort of exposed you. Coming it. over here, yeah. Um, at that point, I was quite in my peak athletically, so I was quite... <laughs> Mate, you can't be saying peak athletic, but I'm 34, he's 36. Yeah, I was 26. Yeah, but I was 20, <laughs> I was 20 when I moved here. <laughs> So I think that was my ah, no hope, no hope. Ah. Oh fuck that! Should, should we just hang him up now? Jesus. <laughs> Basically, I was much more <laughs> athletically peaked than now. That's what I'll say. Um, in a much better shape, uh, but never touched rugby before. 
went to uni, had freshers week, and one of the coaches, uh, well, one of the players approached me and said, oh, do you want to play rugby? And I was like, oh, never played rugby in my life. I was like, doesn't matter, we'll teach you, you'll play rugby. I was like, okay. Came to one session, ended up being quite good at it, so that's, that's how it started for me. Nice. But I actually played with one of your ex-coaches, which is Mr. Josh James. Jackie boy. Yeah, he used to go to UCB. Yeah. So uh, we, we played a little bit at UCB. Did you do together. some banded sprints? Uh, you loved the no. banded sprint, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, we didn't do any of that. Good stuff. One of, my, one of my uh, favourite stories that you told me as well is that, uh, the basketball player that you went to school with. Ah. I loved it. <laughs> it makes me so happy. I don't think I've heard this one. So, yeah, in... Uh, in, back in Croatia, I went to high school with Mr. Ivica Zubac, who is now a part of the Los Angeles Clippers. Clippers. Yes. Center. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big boy. Big boy. Seven yeah. foot. Seven foot, yeah. Uh, I think around two two meters, 13 centimeters, I believe. You've grown, you've grown big in Croatia. Well, he did. Big. He um, did. <laughs> some, some tall units out there. Yeah, 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 we do. We do have. Uh, what was that like seeing him play basketball against everyone else? Like, obviously, if you're NBA level, you're ridiculous compared to everyone else so in all honesty i thought i was dog's bollocks in basketball i thought i was amazing and then 15 years old is when i met ivica um as soon as we started playing basketball first thing i said to myself is this guy's going to be in the nba second thing i said to myself is i need to do a lot of work a lot of work basketball wise if i want to be anywhere close to this guy obviously his (coughs) advantage was the height as well Um, but he was an immaculate player back then. He's grown so much from then, and he's killing it in the NBA now. Yeah. So, best of luck to him. Yeah. It's it funny because uh, I was trying to get him to chat to um, to one of the uh, powerlifters who was interested in basketball. So, oh, tell him who you uh, played basketball with. <laughs> oh, James Burgoyne. <laughs> <laughs> so, not that one. The one the, in the NBA. The one, yeah, the bloke is pretty good. Yeah. I was thinking, who can he know that I yeah. know? And was, people was, here yeah. don't know basketball that much, so I was thinking, maybe he knows James, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Celebrity James. Yeah. Who, who is the, uh, is it Tony Kukic? The, uh, yeah. Is Tony, it, am, I, am I pronouncing that right? Uh, Tony Kukoc, yeah. Kukoc, yeah, 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 yeah. He's a, he a serious player as well, wasn't he? He was, yeah. We had a few. We had a fair few. I don't know if you remember Drajan Petrovic. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, he died back. I don't know, 20, 30 years ago, but he was one of the biggest prospects to come out of Croatia. You gotta be, you gotta be seriously good, like to come out of the European leagues and get into the NBA. Surely, it's interesting now, though, that um, like they reckon that if you put together the European team versus the American team, the European team could potentially win now. Really? Yeah, because you got you got Doncic, you've got um, uh, Yanis, you got Embiid, who's French. Yanis, Jokic, yeah. yeah. Then you have a few other Croatian players. Shajilis, Alexander. USA versus Europe, like Ryder Cup style. They reckon Europe could win that. Not the depth, they haven't got the depth, but the the top team. You were on the bench. (laughs) (laughs) James James Burgoyne's uh, (laughs) Zubak and that. Um, I would even debate <laughs> Steve. Steve, Steve, yeah, Steve has to be in it. But I would even debate that the uh, the former Balkan countries would be a good competition for the US team because Slovenia, Croatia, Bosnia, yeah. Serbia, all of these countries you have one of the best players. Obviously, Jokic won two MVP titles and these kind of things. But if you took the whole of Europe, I have no doubt that the whole of Europe team yeah. could beat the US which is crazy man wow. crazy to think it's about it's a different type of basketball in Europe than in America and mm-hmm. the rules are a little bit different aren't they and yeah the rules are a bit different the play style is different the a lot of passes a lot more passes yeah 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 
Whereas NBA is a bit more one-to-one. Obviously, there is plays where you involve multiple different players, but... It is beautiful when you watch the Europeans, oh, and it's just so much passing. It's, it's, it is really, really nice. At moments, it seems like a completely different sport because of the way it's played, in all honesty. That's why American players have to adapt when it's a FIBA World Cup. The World Cup, yeah, yeah. And European players have to adapt when they move over to NBA to play in the mm-hmm. NBA, so it's a little bit different. Very interesting. Yeah? Very interesting. Should we... Uh, Outside of the gym, outside of your training, what what, what are your hobbies and anything you enjoy doing? Uh, hobbies include uh, binging food and series mainly. <laughs> can't be binging that much food. It's <laughs> bad. At the moment, I'm not. But before, when what? I'm when I'm in full training, I eat like I should weigh 130 kilograms pretty nice. much. What's yeah. your favorite foods? Favorite favorite meal? I would say a Greek gyros. If you ever had, ah, one. Yes. yeah, if yeah, you yeah. Never had it. You should definitely try it. Yeah. Chips with everything in it. Chips, everything tzatziki inside. Chips, chicken, chicken or pork, whichever meat. To be fair, but yeah, the whole like the combination of the things is just. There's a few decent ones in Birmingham as well. You can get a decent one from. There's one opposite my flat, which is a bit dangerous. (laughs) (laughs) Operation ninety-one. Yeah. Decent. Should we move on? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So So we've had some questions from uh, from our loyal members. I think starting Um, off with uh, Sophia, what's what's the story behind Juicy J? <laughs> the story behind Juicy J. Um, back in high school, believe it or not, at one point, I believe there's a rapper, Juicy J. Um, at one point, <laughs> surprisingly, in high school, yeah, <laughs> surprisingly, Mark I, didn't listen, I didn't listen to country music. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, at one point, one of my friends just started calling me Juicy J. Um, I genuinely thought it was just from MSC. No, no, I didn't no, it actually it happened before. It actually happened before. But didn't, didn't one of the members call call you Juice, Juice. without Juicy um, without knowing? Yes, that was your nickname. I so believe it was, it was uh, meant Mel. to be, isn't it? Yeah. One day when I was writing up the Metcon program, Mel came over to me, and she called me Juice. Maybe even Juicy J. I'm not sure. One of them too. But um, yeah. <laughs> and I told her this is what my nickname was before. And she was like, Oh my god, I can't believe it. That's what I'm going to be calling you from now on. So what should our members be calling you then? Juice. Juicy. Juicy J. Juicy J. Um, my latest nickname amongst my friends is Juka, actually, which is fairly similar to the previous ones we just mentioned. So, Juka. Juka, yeah. Why so. is it just because you've got juicy arms? Uh, <laughs> That's what I thought it was. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. We, we're going to have to ask Mel. you got the arms see. of a 110 kilo man. The rest the of the body is a, <laughs> a triathlon. <laughs> that will change. That so, will so, change. What, so, so why is it Juicy J? Uh, I don't even know if I'm being honest. I assume it came from the rapper first because... In high school, I, I was known to make some lyrics and throw out some. Ah! Okay, okay. Very, very the, long uh, time the, ago. The mic. The mic. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe on a different occasion, I'll uh, bless you with some of my uh, lyrics, but we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> Mate, we got We got to make that happen. We got to make that happen. I'll have we to did that uh, last, last year. We did that. Uh, yeah, last year we did karaoke, oh, so I we can get that. you. Uh, <laughs> I saw Max doing karaoke. Did a bit. Gangsters Paradise. That was good, and uh, a bit of Johnny Cash. Right, move on to some questions. Um, I think we kind of covered oh, it. Someone we'll asked, uh, yeah, what made you want to work at MSC? Obviously, that was, I guess, the background of been here and then... Yeah, the cool. exposure to it, yeah. I think this one is in relation to your own training versus actually your working. But if you could go back to the start of your fitness journey, what advice would you give yourself? Uh, more is not always better. That would be the first one. Um, Try avoiding bro splits, maybe. <laughs> they did very well for me, in, in all honesty, in the beginning, but it was not sustainable for a long period of time. 
obviously I didn't know any better but yeah the main ones would be sleep better watch more uh, what you eat and stop doing bro splits start training a bit more um, a bit more with your brain rather than just smashing the muscles in every session and then recovering four days barely to get over the it. quality v quantity thing is something we speak about all the time and i think just like if more people did slightly less working sets but really tried to do them as intently as they can like two hard sets done like with proper focus trumps three or four sets not quite doing it to the same um, intense I think that's a massive one for people that and the amount of people that just do too many sessions but not of good quality versus a targeted three or four training sessions because of Lung Lung Wei. I think obviously from my side how I started getting into fitness was obviously through um, Arnie and through Ronnie Coleman and bodybuilding and these kind of things so most of the times when you go to do some research which I used to do it was YouTube research um, but it would mainly be bodybuilding type of exercises and routines so that's what I was leaning more towards yeah. in the beginning but going to uni, working out in MSC and these kind of things opened my eyes to different variations and methods of training so yeah, uh, it has changed drastically since then Cool uh, Sorry, what uh do you want to tell us a little bit about kind of what sports yeah so someone's asked what sporting backgrounds have you worked with in the past yeah um, so at university while I was still at university I did a bit of SNC with the UCB boxing academy um, so I had about three to four boxers under my wing uh, just doing some nutritional coaching with um, techniques and stuff like that um, after that I worked with a uh, athlete that does 400 meter runs uh, 400 and 800 actually um, after that I had a uh, summer camp uh, two-week camp with basketball players back home in Croatia during COVID um, and at the moment I am working with one of my friends from back home who happens to be a semi-professional water polo player and he just got offered a contract to go play in Austria and Slovenia so lately I've been preparing him mainly for uh, that move nice. into the slightly more serious league. Which one do you think is the most interesting? Uh, I think I'm biased for that question just because I love basketball so much yeah. and I had the most exposure to basketball in my life. However, moving forward, I would love to work with rugby, well, any sport in general, but rugby players, uh, Olympic weightlifters, anything of that sort would be amazing for me, actually. Yeah. It's a good job we're sponsoring semi-professional club Bourneville. Yeah. You can uh, get stuck into you know some of those guys. Exactly. Um, well, actually, I had experience with the rugby guys from Bourneville on Sundays here as well. Of course. Yeah. 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 Got, yeah. The uh, under under fourteen. Under yeah. fourteen. Yeah. 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 Good lads. They're good. Uh, they are. Like they are yeah, lovely. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. doing their uh, doing their pre-season work here um, okay uh, what are your coaching slash training beliefs that's another beliefs. question that's come through from Luke Gooch um, that's a good question Luke thank you um, training beliefs <laughs> I believe in proper technique and just being in the session present and um, my philosophy would be educate, motivate, and inspire. I would say. Purely, purely because I don't think they're. When people are starting out in the gym, I don't think they get enough education. If they are motivated, it's hard to keep the motivation present for a longer period of time. 
and then inspiring. I've just been inspired by so many coaches in my life, mostly coaches, but a lot of people in general. Um, but I've been so inspired by these coaches to better myself in any shape or form, especially in the gym and physically. Um, so I would just like to carry on that tradition and inspire people around me so they can be the best version of themselves. You said, you said lots of amazing things there, but the one thing that actually stuck with me is when you said like being present in the, in the, in the session yes. in the, when you're training. We talk about this and so we've, much. We've man. been big on this in like the last like six to 12 months. We've talked about it quite a few times and I'll be honest, I probably went through a period where, you know, myself where I was training in the gym, but like in between sets, I was like on my phone doing an email or I was fucking scrolling Instagram and stuff like that. And then I don't really know how it came about. I think we just kind of, Luke and I probably came to the conclusion at a similar time of like, what the hell, what the hell are we doing? Like, you know, and I was probably worse than you for it, but like, oh man, just being present is something I'm working a lot in my, on, on in my life at the moment as well, where it's like when I'm working, I'm working, when I'm spending time with like family, it's like, I'm not looking at my phone. I'm yeah. like, I'm fully engaged with yeah. like, my mum or my friends or like whoever whoever it is because you know it's uh, well because of various reasons you know obviously but um, in training it's just so, it's so easy to get distracted mm-hmm. and I'm not talking about like chatting to the person next to you or anything like that but just like aimlessly scrolling through your phone not really being you know present in what you're actually in what you're actually doing and the difference I found myself of just getting back into that routine which I used to have but like you know I mean back like, in my day you know who <laughs> didn't even have our phones or really like on the gym floor or anything Phone, like you, that mobile like, phones haven't come out they haven't come yeah. out back then um, but uh, yeah it's uh, something you know just seen a massive improvement from like right phone leaving the phone in the office like I might check it if it's a program thing because I keep my yeah. program on there like just to remind myself what I've got next but it's like phone in the office and I'm like I'm here to train like I had such a great session this morning because like a couple of good people around me like I'm chatting to them but like I'm, I'm time them rest on my stopwatch I've gone back to that mm-hmm. of like right chat's over I'm here to work and I'm like in my rest I'm walking around the gym I'm, I'm breathing it in I'm smelling the chalk I'm like lovely I'm just like taking in everything about how awesome this place is how lucky we are to be here how lucky we are to have this training environment you've got an able body that like you can just put through put through the mill and like the the results of your training are just going to be tenfold just by like intent being present working on the set like in your rest you're you're having a chat with your mate next to you but like you know, it's probably training, uh, you know, revolved around training. If you're not, you're sat there, you're not looking through your phone, you're thinking about, right, what did I do in that last set? What could I improve on? And it's like, on average, it's an hour, like, yeah. of your life. If you can't, you're here, you know, you're here, you've made the effort to be here. you got an hour. Okay, we know some people train longer, that's fine. But, like, you know, you've got that time, time, which is like, I'm training now. Like, for me, like, when I got into that bad routine, I could do the emails later. Like, and when I'm doing the emails, I'm doing the emails. Mm. Like, there's no other distractions. And that's made a massive difference for my productivity, my output in my training, and my enjoyment as well. The two, uh, the two things there that I think are massive, and they're, they're just cheat codes of training. So I like, I have my phone because I have a my program, but also like I like to film the sets. Mm-hmm. But like, I put my phone on airplane mode now. So if you see me on my phone, it's on airplane mode. No one can message me. Um, I'm just watching my videos back, or I'm looking at like the velocity tracker data. Like, if I'm looking on my phone, it's to do with 
training. training but the phone's yeah. on airplane mode, so for two hours no one can contact me. Um, that's the first cheat code, is put your phone on airplane mode and just crack it on with the training session. And then the second one is, Mark's already said, like we live in a, a sedentary population where most people don't walk enough. If you come to the gym and sit down in between your sets and go on your phone, like you're in bad positions again and you're not doing any extra steps. If you just put your phone down and just walked around in between your sets, you'd be walking around, like if you do a set for... 30 seconds then you have 2 minutes rest in between you could be walking for like like 40 minutes you can get some, get some in, serious yeah. steps in and that like you could get an easy I, I get about two to 3,000 steps in when I train there you go. Uh, just from walking around in between like it's just such an easy cheat code for people if they just put the phone away and actually as well as like the benefits Mark said of being like intentful being direct with your sets the other one is just like getting some extra activity in which for most people is going to be a really good thing 100% Decent. I think that's all the questions. Um, is there anything else you want to add, Yura? Uh No. Just like to thank you guys again for this opportunity. Um, hopefully, I'm going to meet all of our members uh, soon. And if they have any questions or if they want to pick my brain, I'm always available. Fantastic. Marvelous. Thanks for listening, guys. And uh, we look forward to the next podcast. Thank you, Juice. Thank you. <laughs> thank you, Luke. Thank you, Mark. And thank you to all our wonderful listeners. Take care. Take care.